Welcome to Talk the Dog, the show where we find a bone to pick and a take to give. These are not hot takes. These is dog takes. Can I talk that dog? What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome in on a wonderful Thursday evening. We say it around here every single week on our Thursday shows. Last show, best show. We got it fired off. It is our ninth and tenth hour of content here on the network today. And I want to start the show with not necessarily an apology, but a lesson that was learned, okay? And a very important lesson for someone who does what I do. Now, what I have chosen, the, the, the career path that I've chosen, wasn't chosen for me, it was chosen by you guys, actually. It was the first thing you guys ever gravitated to that I did, and it's film study, okay? I was going to be doing this no matter what. I was going to be studying the film no matter what, trying to learn more and more about the game of football no matter what. But luckily, as you can see, you guys gravitated to this, what we do around here, this film guide network, how we go about evaluating film, uh, even critically doing so, going about our film evaluations, okay, week in and week out, taking a look at opponents, doing all that good stuff, okay? But here's what you have to understand, and I've been very upfront and honest about this, uh, at least what I thought I was doing, okay? But maybe not out in front. Maybe I need to be putting disclaimers on the front of videos, okay? But I've been very forthcoming with my thoughts about, you know, sites like Pro Football Focus, that put exact grades on the performance of football players when they don't know the exact assignments of football players. Now, here's where I erred in my criticisms. Monday, when we did film evaluation, or Tuesday, when we did what to expect for Florida, okay, there was obviously a run game stunt. What I didn't realize was a run game stunt because it just wasn't being ran properly. Now, what I assumed was the defensive end Prince, uh, I, I want to pronounce this name correctly because I didn't do it correctly during the show uh, Tuesday, and that was another error that I had. Princely Uman Milan, okay, the defensive end from Florida, number one, he was jumping from C-gap to B-gap very violently to start the play. Now, what it was creating was a massive gap in C-gap. What I probably should have realized but didn't realize was obviously it was a run game stunt. All right, what was supposed to be happening was either the nickel defender or the linebacker defender was supposed to be replacing Uman Milan. All right, now this didn't happen over and over and over again on tape. South Carolina noticed it, was taking advantage of it over and over on tape. Now, here's where I erred. I should have just noticed that the run game stunt was improper, one. All right, but two, I'm not in the room. Some things like that I'm going to miss sometimes. But the most important lesson here was my diction. The word choice that I chose to use in regards to this, right? Saying that, hey, there's no reason ever for you to do that. Well, that's wrong, Brooks. There is reasons for him to do that. He probably or maybe could have been on a run game stunt. That should have been open to my mind and to my analysis. Now, here's what I will say. All right. No, I'm never going to be 100% right on film evaluation. All right. But the purpose of that specific clip was to point out that clearly the run game fits for Florida are not 100% perfect. 
Also, on that particular run game stunt, I'm pretty sure Princely would even admit himself he probably didn't do a good enough job attacking C-Gap in the first place, which is why there might have been some delay in his teammate replacing him. Okay, so it wasn't just the guy behind me was blowing the assignment. It was a little bit of correction probably needed from the defensive end, but it wasn't solely his issue. All right, now as far as myself getting clipped and players going out on social media telling me that I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, well, that's what I open myself to every single time I stand in front of that board and have the willingness to actually be somewhat critical about the play of football players on film. That's going to happen. All right, now here's what I've been fortunate enough to, to be able to create here in this space and I, 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 it's obvious a, a note that I've kind of been able to do my job effectively and, and the right way. Most, the overwhelming majority that shall, or the other side shall not be named, by the way. The overwhelming majority of players that I cover at the, in the Georgia space particularly, from my understanding, they respect what I do, all right? There is none of this going on in the Georgia space. They don't do this to my tweets. They don't do this to my analysis because they know it comes from a relatively safe and sound place. All I'm trying to do is talk, educate, and evaluate football. If that came off a little bit pointed or personal towards Princely, for that, I apologize. For the diction, I apologize. For the analysis, I do not apologize. All right, welcome into tonight's show. We got a loaded one for you. A lot of hangovers, a lot of leftovers from yesterday's show that we didn't get to attack. We're going to be talking about who you guys should be rooting for this weekend, setting the props, and talking about the props over on Prize Picks. We'll read that ad here in a second. We got our final predictions. We'll circle back on those. We are going to holler at three bold predictions in this football game. And what else do we got tonight, boys? We got an interesting cons list. Oh, we got pros and cons. We're going to be talking pros and cons tonight. I love a good little pros and cons list. I don't do them often as I probably should, but I'll give them a little bit more of a run tonight on our pros and cons list. So make sure you're uh, hitting that thumbs up button, liking, subscribing, rating, reviewing, all that good stuff here on the network. It's a great time to be here, man. Um, we are busting out content on the network. I know it's Thursday night. I know you got other options. I know you could be watching NFL football. I know you could be watching college football. I know you could be taking the night off of content because Lord knows we produce enough for you. Man, it's been a busy day for yours truly. Holy crap, I've been talking. Mm. I've been talking and I've been talking. This, I feel like it's like a third or fourth hour that I've been doing today. I had our guy Richard Johnson this morning at 11 o'clock. We did an interview with him. I uh, had a banging article out on, this is the Michigan Manifesto article out on sportsillustrated.com. You're going to hear my interview with him on NBR tonight. That was at 11. I joined our boy uh, Brandon Carroll, finished off the home and home with him today at 2.30. And then at 4.30, I was on with 680, the fan here in Atlanta. Shouts out to Chuck and Chernoff. Love that those guys continue to have me on every once in a while. And then at 7.30, we hollered at our, uh, our girl Allie down there in the Florida space, went back on another Florida pod. And here we are to wrap out a fine day of content with two more fresh hours on the Film Guy Network. Mm. Very you had, nice. You had a better day than I did. What was wrong with your day? <laughs> My car got broken into, man. Bro, no way. Yeah. I, I love how I know way this, like I didn't get the text. Yeah, yeah. Like I didn't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My bad, I knew bro. what you were doing, but yeah. My bad, bro. I was trying to be a teammate for content purposes. Yeah, dude. Have a car broken into, my golf club stolen. Mm. Not a great way to start the day. So let me ask you this. Uh, the Jeep, it's like a, it's like a 05, 06? 06. It's a 06 Jeep. How about that? Scouting of the cars right there. It's about 06 Wrangler Dangler, right? Yeah. Um, so how much would it cost to invest in a hard top? Because that's what, that's what got us, right? Yeah. We were susceptible to the soft top theft. Yeah, but what was interesting is, one, 
He could have just unzipped the window if he wanted to. Ooh. I'm assuming it's a he. But yeah. instead, they burnt through the plastic. It was burnt. I thought that was interesting. Burnt. Didn't cut it. There were burn marks on the window. But yeah. I Not was, to stereotype, but man's definitely a smoker. Probably. Right? Who else has a lighter in their pocket? Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I, something I'd never seen before. But yeah, I was looking at a replacement window today. A new soft top window, probably like $200. Hard top looking over a, about $1,000. Bro, we got a dog fan listening in from India right now. Good morning from New Shouts Delhi. Shouts out to our man, Alan Hampton, out there in New Delhi, India right now. We had That's Australia wild. last night. We had New Delhi tonight. Man, we're going freaking global. Where is New Delhi in India? India. <laughs> Thanks for that. Just trying to help. Yeah. Man. That's all I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not caught up on my geography. Speaking in of New Delhi, went to Subway today. Um, I just want to tell you, okay, if you're a sub shop operator anywhere around the world right now, let me tell you something from us, an, an often and frequent sub shop goer. There is nothing worse in this world than a sub shop attendant who is heavy handed. All right, I can add to my sub at home, but if I'm over there scooping stuff off because you're just throwing a dozen jalapenos on there and just goober gobbing the chipotle sauce, like, bro, that's a bit much for me. Is, is a sandwich maker the only time you don't want someone to be heavy handed? Probably. Probably so. That's a good question. Yeah, but I'm, I'm with no, you. No, no. If you ordered hot wings, you, you don't, you don't want to get tongue torch. You know what I mean? If you ordered hot sauce and got, like, way too hot sauce, that's going to be a regrettable decision that's true. for a that's couple a good of hours. You should have just gone to Jersey Mike's, though. Jersey Mike's never fails, huh? Never. A sub above? A sub above. All right, sure. enough of the sub talk. We, we get, we get some, some threatening mentions when we talk anything other than football on this network, <laughs> despite the fact that we've given you nine hours of football talk. We had somebody get really, really mad at uh, our taco versus uh, – Yeah. Our taco versus uh, – what was it? Uh, grilled uh, cheese. Grilled cheese. Our taco versus grilled cheese discussion. Mm -hmm. And not only commented about it on YouTube, but took it to Twitter multiple times as well. Um, and to that, man, I will say – I don't know. I don't know. But that, I thought that was some of the most thrilling an analysis and discussion that we had all week. Uh, mm -hmm. I also think that Grilled Cheese did not get his due in that discussion. But that's, that's for a, a topic for a later date. Uh, should we talk about who you're rooting for this weekend? Uh, because Georgia doesn't necessarily need their, uh, their, their schedule. or their, their, well, They need a little bit of help on their schedule. But they got it already through the performances of the, the opponents on the back end of their schedule. But Kentucky and Tennessee play this weekend. I have an opinion on who needs to win this game for Georgia's purposes. What say you boys? So my whole take around this is Georgia fans in general should be rooting for whatever helps them more in regards to making sure that they end up in Atlanta at the end of the season. In my opinion, that means you should kind of just push aside, put um, the strength of schedule discussion of, oh, we want Tennessee to be a ranked team. You've already handled Kentucky. You took care of business there. That means I think you should be rooting for Kentucky and do whatever it means necessary for Tennessee to be out of the equation by the time you play them in that game, not necessarily decide the East. I went back and forth on this a lot because I think there are two legit sides to it. Whereas, you know, if Tennessee beats the Kentucky team that you, Good beat, win. you beat their brains in and then you beat that Tennessee team on the road – those both look really good no matter if Tennessee has two or three losses. But to Jay Will's point, Kentucky beating Tennessee helped you a lot in securing the East. But, I mean, if you're operating on the idea of you just have to handle business, your goal should be to go 12-0. and It doesn't really matter who wins this game. So I kind of lean that you want Tennessee to win just because I think that it would make that national game of going to Knoxville much more meaningful and it would be a much more impactful game if you do win. But – I can see both sides. But even to that point, if Kentucky beats Tennessee, then that makes your win against Kentucky look good, yeah. too. 
Here was my analysis. So it's, it's not the question in these debates often gets dwindled down to who would be the better win. So you try to stack the other opponents like schedule up and resume up enough to where that they look good when you beat them or however you beat them or whenever you beat them. Right. In Kentucky's example, you wanted them to win out. So their win, you know, six weeks in the middle of the season looks great. Tennessee, you want that win to look great when it's there on the road, all that good stuff. But to me, with a college football playoff berth on the line, the discussion of what, what, how do we make sure if there is a loss, it looks great. You've already handled Kentucky. You need Tennessee to continue to win out in case something goes astray in that Knoxville game on the road in Neyland in several weeks. And the only way for that to happen is for Tennessee to have played a, a, a tight game against uh, an, an Alabama roster that's looked relatively good throughout the rest of the season, all right, and a, and a weird, inexplicable loss to Florida early in the year. Because if Florida continues to kind of look up and down like they do, the bigger question on Tennessee's schedule goes, what happened in Gainesville, right? And clearly they've overcome all those issues and they're a better team now. That's how the college football playoff committee, I would imagine, would look at them if they won out and then took a loss or, you know, you know ended up beating uh, Alabama, or Georgia at the end of the year. So if, if Tennessee continues to improve and look like a, a, a formidable opponent and that loss is, a, is only a two-loss uh, team in Tennessee that beat you, I think that looks a lot better in a college football playoff uh, committee standpoint. But the bad news on that end is that like, you're losing late. And mm -hmm. losing late, we've found out historically, is basically a death sentence for a college football playoff berth unless you're Ohio State. You can lose to Michigan if you're Ohio State. Well, it also means that you, you have to win your you have yeah. to win your conference. Like mm -hmm. there's no so. Is the only pathway for the conference to be lost uh, Missouri right now, or is it is it Tennessee as well? Tennessee I mean, and Missouri have pathways to the conference. Technically, if they went out. Technically, Georgia can lose out, and you have Tennessee and Missouri in there. That's what I'm saying. And ain't even Florida because Florida's only a uh, they only have one SEC loss to Tennessee. So, I mean, we're still up for grabs, but not really up for grabs. Yeah, there's a firm hold on it. Yeah, this is one step closer this week. You beat Missouri uh, the next week and it's pretty much yours. It's pretty much. Yeah, it's pretty much yours um, in terms of that. So, yeah, if I were a Georgia fan this weekend, I'd be rooting for Tennessee in this Kentucky matchup. Hmm. I was trying to think who Florida's SEC loss was at Kentucky. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's brutal. Yeah, it is a hideous loss. Yeah, it was a bad one. It it is tough just because I think there's logic behind both reasons of why you would want to root for Kentucky, why you'd want to root for um, Tennessee. And I know it's probably a lot easier for Georgia fans to root for Kentucky in this instance than to root for Tennessee. But, I mean, come, based off of what you just said, I think, there. I mean, you would really want to root for Tennessee to build up that resume, continue to look better, and especially – those late losses, for sure. Them, those, those are so those are so much of a killer. Them boys up at Ann Arbor cooked. <laughs> They're cooked. University of Michigan police confirmed to ESPN that the FBI has joined its investigation of former football assistant Matt Weiss. We'll be talking about this. That's just a, that's a whole nother. Oh, I know. I, I got dude. I've got a banger that I'm gonna tell you right now. Is gonna. I think it's gonna go viral a little bit later. Because there's some ding, ding, ding right now on the timeline of Jim Harbaugh that is hysterical. Mm. Absolutely hysterical. Um, I like to do a little thing around here. We call it Set the Props. Uh, we have a props company. And name is uh, prizepicks.com. You can use promo code Brooks today, and you can get a 100% deposit match. What does that mean? That means you put in $100 up to $100. They will match it instantly. So you'll have $200 in your account having only put in 100 That's crazy. 
That's crazy stuff that they're doing over there on Prize Picks, and you can only get in on that action using promo code Brooks today. That is B-R-O-O-K-S. I uh, also want to give a quick shout-out to our folks at the Athletic Collection. Um, that is an NIL play, okay? So whether it be Brock Bowers, whether it be Lad McConkey, whether it be Kendall Milton, bro, you are on fire over there. Well, whoever it be, whoever your favorite player be, uh, you know there's some Christmas coming up. There's some birthdays coming up. There's some Thanksgiving. If you want to give some thanks to some Georgia football players today, head over to the Athletic Collection and buy you one of them fine posters. They come, I mean, they come in a, a nice little tube rolled up for you. Immediately, all you got to do is unroll them, flip them over, come back to them 30, 35 minutes later. They're flat, ready to go on the wall. Um, nice. And, and, and they look really, really good in the studio. Yeah, they I know do you guys can, can see them as well. Um, so, yeah, the Athletic Collection today, head over there. Make sure you support those who support us. Got a uh, got a little got a little birdie, a little birdie of a, a gummy company that reached back out to me today. They want to lay back in bed with us. I don't know, I don't know. I don't know no, if we're gonna no. let it happen. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know. We're gonna have to find out. We're gonna find. Out. We're a commodity now. We're a commodity now. Even though we're gonna save some of the negative talk for NBR. Your boy's been getting flamed, flamed on social yeah. media lately. Hey, uh, but what's that? What's that corny ass saying that a lot of coaches been using lately? Uh, if you don't have any haters, then you are not popping. Is that what they say? Who said that? I believe it was a famous rapper, one of those guys that sings hip-hop music. Mm. I, yeah, I was going to say, what coach said that? Uh, it was, uh, what's his name over there at Kentucky that coaches hoops? Oh, John Calipari? Calipari, Calipari said it about uh, somebody. If you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping. Uh, well, let's set the props right now. All right, I, 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 we, we released an article on Dogs Data today with the actual props from Prize Picks. Um, We'll talk about the real ones here in a second. I want to play a game of setting them, and then we'll see how close we actually were. Um, and here's how we're going to do this. Okay, like, for example, Ra-Ra Thomas. If I set the over-under at 50 yards, do you think Ra-Ra Thomas exceeds that 50 yards before we get the actual number from prize picks? Does he have one? Yeah, he has one. I'm assuming he has one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would, I would honestly take Ra-Ra for 50 at for 50? A player like Rara in a, in a receiving line is interesting because, like, that could be one catch for him. Yeah, that could just be one deep ball, boom, he hits it. So, I would like to say the chances in this game, I would like the over. If I think Rara is going to get at least five targets on Saturday. Yeah, I would say seven and or eight. So, and so, I mean, yeah, at minimum, five targets. And, and five you have, catches. You have to think at least targets. one of those is going to be a 20 to 25-yard gain. So, I mean, it's it, I, would, I would take the over on that. Um, sorry to do this mid-show, but the Austin Barber article is ready for edit. Will you grab that right quick? Yep. Um, I'm going to say over for the same purposes that you guys did um, in the sense that I think Ra-Ra is going to have to be somebody that they lean upon from an explosive standpoint in this football game. I also think that, like, with a lot of the, the cover three that we're seeing, I think you're going to see a lot of easy receptions in the form of, like, comebacks, things like that yeah. um, for Ra-Ra where he's just sitting in the void and just getting some easy completions. If you're going to play off coverage, we're going to make you force you to walk down as an offensive coordinator staff. I think that's one thing we've seen from Georgia uh, in the previous weeks. What's the actual prize picks line on Ra-Ra Thomas, Jonathan? It is 35 and a half. So oh we like the over. I, would I think it's easy money over, yeah. over there on prize picks right there. So a little bit of a stone cold lockage of the week right there for you. All right, now I got this one right here. I think it's a pretty neat line. I know it's not going to be available on prize picks, so we're not going to be able to actually compare it. Um, Carson Beck and Graham Mertz combined 600 yards passing. Ooh. I think to make this a fair line, we got to bump it down to like 575. 
That's a lot. Cause so, yeah, it is a lot. 600 is both guys throwing for 300 yards. I mean, and by yeah, the way, that's near their averages, I'm pretty sure. Maybe not Graham Mertz, but it's it's right at I think, Carson Beck's average. I think year. the likely way you get there is Carson Beck 350, Graham mm-hmm. Mertz 250. But, I mean, 250 is still a lot against the Georgia defense. I know that this Georgia defense has been susceptible to busted plays. I know Graham Mertz has been taking really good care of the football. But, I mean, I would I would take the under on that. All right, so let's see here. He's got 1897. That's 1997. 1897 divided by games played, divided by seven. All right, he's averaging 271 yards a game, and Carson's averaging right around 300. So if they hit their averages, we're looking at 570. Like I said, 575 is that number. I think you're right. The recipe for a 600-yard passing game in this one is Georgia throwing for 350. Uh, Florida throwing for 250 in this matchup. Yeah. Um, I think offensively, if Florida's going to have that much success, though, you would assume they're running the football relatively well. That's what they're, I'm thinking. They're a play-action-based passing attack. So in order for them to have that kind of success, you would imagine that they got to be able to establish some type of run. Yeah, so Unless I'm, you know the defensive signals. In that case, you can just you know throw when they're blitzing and running when they're, when they're playing coverage. That is a strategy in college football nowadays. Word? That's what I've heard, at least. People employing the, the stealing of signals? I, 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 they're all allegations. Is that what right? you're accused? They're all allegations right now. I can't, I can't confirm or Allegedly. deny Allegedly. <laughs> I've got one. Yeah, what's up? This one is, I guarantee you're not going to find this on any sports books. Number of times Brock Bowers is brought up or shown on the sideline during the broadcast. What do you have that at? Dude, I had a little birdie tell me that they might mess around and dress that dude. Whoa. Why? For the fuck of it. Oh, already. God dang. That was real early in the game. Only 22 minutes in. That was real early in the game. Very then, unnecessary, sir. Yeah, it was super unnecessary. That would be Nah, I, 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 would be crazy, I, think, it, I think people were joking about it when they said it. Um, but there well, was. He's, he's walking around. I know. I know. I saw him at uh, the Bolton Crosswalk two days ago. He's He's been weight-bearing. Yeah, it's like, you had, brother, you had surgery like not that's, even 20 days ago. That's how that works, man. When you got a superhuman ready to attack some rehab, it's why I thought it was absolutely hysterical that people were out here like, he should be done. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have been so shocked because it's the easy stance. Captain Easy Stance shows up every yeah. single time a first-rounder gets hurt. Yeah. Like, you should definitely retire. You should quit playing football forever. Yeah. Can't Call, believe you got hurt. College football means nothing to you. Nothing absolutely at all. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nada. Uh, but no. What, what's your line at for that, though? If, if, a number say, of times, six. Six at least. Really? I would go 10. I would you put it so? at 10. Every time they score, they treat it like Taylor Swift? Is what you're telling me? Yeah. I, well, I mean, think is, about um, Is that the girl that Travis Kelsey made famous? I think so. Okay. I thought that was the girl I, Kanye I, made I, famous. I couldn't remember her name, but that sounds familiar. I think oh, she's a country music get, musician. You are going to get really? or something like that. Do not let the Swifties find that clip, dude. You will get dragged. Who are they? Are they like her fans? I'm not even, I'm not even entertaining that bit, dude. <laughs> Swift, the only Swifties I know of are like the broom, the mop thing. There's a DeAndre Swift guy. Those are oh, Swift. yeah. Yeah, he's pretty, good. he's pretty good. By the way, do you think DeAndre Swift would have wore zero at Georgia? Because he definitely looks better in that than seven. Mm. I don't know. The seven was kind of tough. You think so? You thought yeah. the seven was tough? I thought the seven was tough. I thought one. the zero looks kind of sick. I think zero looks sick on everybody but Ryan Davis. Yeah, zero. No offense, Ryan. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ryan. I mean to take a shot at you right there, but Ryan Davis is probably the least impactful player to ever wear zero. Troy Bowles this year, like a, a fifth, fifth, yeah, fifth on the depth chart, sixth sure. on the depth chart. Coach, 
Zero. Got to be reserved for a baller. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, going from Darnell Washington to having zero, and then yeah. right, he was the first zero. Yeah. So, I mean, like, he's the zero. Isn't right it Rod now. Robinson now? Yeah. Yeah, Roger Robinson yeah. is zero, so. He, hey, debut this weekend for Rod Robinson. Second debut. You know, had a debut early in the year. Yeah. Coming back from an ankle injury. Sounds like he's going to be playing this weekend. All right, I got another one for you. Rushing yards total between both teams set at 300 yards. Still that, a little high. That's Let's call it 240. Or really? 280, 280, 280. I was going to go. A buck 40 for each. Really? Over. You saying over? I would, yeah, I would go over, way over. I think Georgia I think Georgia can rush for 200 yards in this game and easily. I think, there's a, I think there's a version of that football game that Georgia rushes for 200 and they hold Florida to under 100. Mm, I think true. there's yeah. very likelihood of that. Because here, here's the thing about Florida this year. And if you were to just box score scout, see what I mean? That's why I can't wear a T-shirt, man. I keep sagging right here in my, uh, my microphone. Um, but anyways, Florida offensively has been doing this in the run game all year. You look at their box score, in the first game of the year against Utah, they rushed for 13 yards. Now, yeah, I know, was, I know a lot of sacks have to do with a lot of this, but uh, like two weeks later, they rushed for 360 yards. Two weeks later, they rushed for 69 yards. Two nice. weeks later, they rushed for 250. Two weeks later, they rushed for 71. It's just like this the mm -hmm. whole time. A bunch of inconsistencies. And again, when you, when you are riding this roller coaster, very rarely are you at the tippy top of that line when you play a team like Georgia. Yeah, the, the more I think about it, I think 300 is an appropriate number. I just think my initial reaction was because all three of us are expecting Dejon Edwards to go for 100 in this game. So, I mean, yeah. you combine that with the rest of the Georgia team running, I think they go well over 200. So, yeah. But, no, the more I think about it, I think it is very feasible that you can hold this Florida team to under 100 yards rushing. So, so. that line at 300 is a good one, we yeah, think? Yeah, I like it. Yeah, prize picks has Dejon Edwards at 83 and a half. Over. Over, please. Over. I think that one's a, a, a solid, easy. So, so we got Rob Rod and over, and we got Dejan and then over right now in our prize picks. So if you're sitting at home, break out the notepad or break out the prize picks app right now and hit these because these are going to be locks. Uh, Dejan Edwards over at, we say, 85 yards? 83 and a half. I think that's easy money. I think he has a career game. I'm talking about over a buck 50 in this matchup, in my opinion. Uh, and then the over we had on the other one was Rob Rod Thomas. Let's go on to some other ones. Ricky Pearsall in this game. I think the over/under is actually going to be set around somewhere around 50. I think he has about 75 yards. In yeah, this I think. Game. I mean, I think he. There's going to be at least one play where he's wide open. Yeah, and that's good. And even him. if he's not, he he makes yeah. contesting catches. They're, they're going to feed that guy. He is their yeah. best receiver. That's what, so that's what I was about to say. Is I would just take it, take the over solely based on that's who they're going to be throwing the ball to. I mean, yeah. that's who they are going to be trying to get it to. And you get it to him enough times, he'll hit over the 50-yard mark. Yeah. And as as impactful as Tyke Smith has been in the extended run game. Uh, in the run game in general, uh, impacting the passer when called upon as a blitzer, which is a role that I think he's going to play this weekend. I've already said it. I think he's going to have multiple sacks this weekend off play action. So when it happens Saturday, please tweet me because I'm going to retweet you. Uh, all of you, just bombard me with, damn, Brooks, you're a genius. We would appreciate that kind of love. Um, if it don't happen, I didn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> There's your um, list, Say what? There's the, There's the unless it doesn't happen. Uh, but no, I think uh, in this football game, if there's anything that we've seen through seven weeks that Georgia might be a little susceptible to, it's beating Tyke Smith in, in whatever matchup we try to mat or attack him in uh, vertically. Okay, you're not going to get him underneath, uh, not going to get him on change of direction routes, right? I think he's elite in, in short area quickness. It's that long speed that I would worry about if I were Georgia. And by the way, it's something they are worried about. Like, it's not – some of my analysis is stuff that I've figured out, but some of it is definitely things that I've been given where it's like, hey, we might be concerned about this. We might be concerned about that. Um, where I stand alone 
in my opinions, is the offensive line discussion that we're going to pro-con a little later tonight. Uh, make sure you hit that thumbs up button, like, and subscribe, and rate, and review it. Just want to take a quick time out to tell you guys to do that. Do we have any other set the uh, props before we get the rest of the prize pick ones? I've got two more, but I really only want to get to one of them. I've got one, okay. the quick one real quick is Michael Williams sacks. Uh, two and a half. I have one. I have one and a half. I think one. I think this is a game where he can pop for two. Yeah. But. I would, I would honestly take the under. The key to sacks this week is being able to convert run to pass. Yeah. Right? With a team that's going to be so play action heavy, we got to be able to shed blocks. And you are 100% correct in the assumption that the guy to pick on in that one, or the guy to assume that's going to be able to do that, is Michael Williams. Uh, his ability to shed blocks has been noticeable on tape, despite the fact that statistically it's been a down year for sure mm -hmm. uh, for mm -hmm. Michael. Yeah. And then the last, do you have anyone? No, you're good. You got a juicy one for me? Last one I have is this is a guy who kind of showed something, showed flash in last, not last week's, but the last game they had running the ball. How many carries does Cedric Van Perrin get in this game? Hmm. It's on natural grass, right? Yeah. yeah. None. None. Uh, the only reason he got one last week, and I know we're joking, but the only reason he got one two weeks ago was because the ball slipped on the turf. Um, Called a little fumble rooski. Yeah, a little fumble rooski. Uh, and uh, I, I only know that it fell on the turf because I had photo credentials and I overheard him say it on the sideline. Mm. Um, and unlike some players that we've seen in, in media training the last couple of weeks, like we're going to talk about at the end of the night here, uh, hmm. Cedric knew that he shouldn't. Like he, he said, I'm not even going to make an excuse. He refused to tell the media how it happened. He was just like, you know, it happened how it happened. I saw the ball on the ground, picked it up, and I, I took it off. And, and whatever the stats say, I have a career rush. I don't care what nobody says. Because it went down as a team rush, apparently, for six yards. Um, but, no, nah, he refused to make an excuse for himself publicly in front of the media. Um, but explained to his teammates what happened during the game um, and moved on. And, you know, I think an example, right? There probably are Georgia players that watch film study that I might say something where they're like, that guy doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. I'm not supposed to be doing that. I did what I was supposed to be doing. I shouldn't be criticized for that. But they know not to say anything. Mm -hmm. they, they know not to be quote tweeting it. They know not. And I'm not saying that that's right. I'm not saying that just because you're a football player, you need to shut up and always take criticism. That's not the case. It's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that at a lot of these programs, you don't see football players doing that on Twitter. And a lot of these football <laughs> programs where you don't see the uh, bulletin board material come out or you don't see uh, activity on social media. A lot of those programs, they tend to have a lot of success in between the lines. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just un, not necessarily unfortunate, but it's the nature of the business. I couldn't imagine being 20 years old and being called out by some slap dick on Twitter um, and not wanting to engage or, you know, and, and not actually actively engaging it. Cause you know, I get it all the time. I get, I get trolls in my mentions all the time that I want to uh, handle. Um, and I choose not to. Sometimes I dunk on them via a quote tweet, but most of the time I just kind of have to bite it because that's just the nature of the beast. Learning um, that silence is sometimes the best answer is a hard thing to learn and a hard pill to swallow. Absolutely. Hey, what are the rest of those prize picks player props? <clears throat> so Carson Beck, we got at 267 and a half. Uh, they don't think that either Florida running back is going to have much success. Montrell Johnson is 38 and a half. Trevor Etienne is 33 and a half. We got Dom Lovett at 42 and a half receiving yards, Lab McConkey at 40 and a half receiving yards, Rojack at 39 and a half, and Oscar Dope at 26 and a half. Ooh. That Oscar Dope one I kind of like. Yeah, that one, one pass in this offense for the tight end can be 40 yards. Oh, for yeah. sure. Absolutely. If they design it up correctly. And uh, hey, you know where you're vulnerable in cover three? 
Down the middle. Vertical. Vertical down the seams, okay? Not down the middle. Middle of the field's closed. Down the seams, mm -hmm. okay? And in the flats. Let's go to the board, actually. I wanna, I wanna give a visual representation of what I'm talking about right here. What bang? All right, here we go. Uh, by the way, I wanna address something, all right, right quick. This is not my mom's basement. This is my basement, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> this is my basement, bitch. Um, cover three. All right, I said it's vulnerable in the seams and in the flats. So let's draw it up against a two by two. We're gonna put the X and the Z on the same side. We're gonna split out the slot for some random reason. All right, got the corner here. We're gonna put him in his deep third. We got the safety rolling to the middle of the field. All right, we're gonna put the other corner in his deep third. Now, if we just draw it up that way, okay, very clearly, this is a void in their defense. This is a void in their defense, all right? And this is a void in their defense. They don't have anybody in the flats, so it's seams and flats, seams and flats. All right, for tight ends who predominantly do most of their work in these areas, all right, that's an ideal landmark or ideal situation for a guy to get loose against their cover three football team, okay? So nice and easy. What's going on with this random ass drawstring um, on these Nike shorts? Um, anyway, so there you go. A little bit of cover three breakdown for you guys tonight. Uh, and it's also something that they run a lot of what they call FIB, flood into the boundary into. Um, because if I have one guy dropping into the deep third, the best way to attack that is to run two people into said deep third. All right, um, where should we go next? Oh, prizepicks.com. That's how you get all those uh, prop bets over there. Um, you good? Yeah. All right. Where should we go next? Want a pro and con at? Um, we just went to the board. Let's give three bold predictions. We didn't do this last night, did we? Uh, no, we did not. Did we rat a tat bold predictions last night? No, I don't think so. I don't think we did. We had our boy B. Carroll on, who you should go holler at on Twitter. Let's do it right now. Let's uh, give him three. All right, I got one right now. I already gave it to you. Uh, Dejon Edwards has a career high 150 yards on 20 attempts. Okay? And you heard it here first. All right, and it, I'm not even going to case it with it unless it doesn't happen. I think it does happen. It's going to bug the hell out of me watching these clips back. Oh, my daggum idiot. Look, like I've been sucking on my shirt for like four hours. Um, I, I was a shirt sucker as a kid. I never got the shirt sucking. Yeah. You didn't have oral fixations. Here's what I, I'll give you an advice, not to tell every parent how to parent. Just avoid the binky, okay? Avoid the pacifier because if you teach your kids that like, uh, you know, if you need any soothing or if you need to calm yourself down, chew on shit, it doesn't stop. I mean, look at every pen I have on the desk around here. It's got, ch it's got chew marks on it, right? Even all my habits, all my habits are, yeah, a little, Zins, a little Zinsky. All my habits are mouth-based. Just, I either got to have something in my mouth or mm -hmm. run in my mouth. Cool. So. All right. Where were we Cool. Uh, we were doing some bold predictions. Bold predictions. Yeah. Hey, let's give him three. Dejon Edwards, career high, 150 yards on 20 attempts. All right. Um, this is a football game that I've talked about it all week this week. If you're going to be improper in your run fits, I need a – oh, we were talking about shirt sucking. Mm. If you need a running back to take advantage of guys who can't properly fit their run gaps, Dejon Edwards perhaps is the best at that available, um, particularly on this football team, but maybe even in the SEC. I think guys like what, and the reason he's so good at it is it's by necessity, okay? It's not something that, it's something that he had to learn because he doesn't have this go-go juice. He doesn't have this ability to be really twitchy and take off, right? So if he sees a gap, just because it's there, it might not be there by the time he actually reaches the line of scrimmage, like it might be for, say, a Quenchon Junkins 
or a guy uh, like our guy out there at, uh, at Alabama, who I think is a really good runner, number two. Okay, that guy. Okay, much twitchier athletes than a guy like, uh, you know, Dejon Edwards, even the kid up there, Jalen Wright. Way, way more twitchy than a Dejan Edwards. So if you're not going to be this super explosive guy, if you're not going to be able to see grass and hit grass now, okay, well, you got to be able to set up blocks, deliver blocks, take advantage of guys who are getting beat, okay, as a defensive lineman. This is something, if you watch Florida on tape, that they're kind of privy to, where they don't play defense at an even line. They're not like this. They don't build walls. In fact, oftentimes, one guy's getting blown off the line of scrimmage, one guy's winning their reps because they're a young unit. Well, when I have this, right, Dejon Edwards runs the football like he's playing Tetris, guys. He's going to find holes and find creases. I think he has a career, career day on Saturday. I also have already talked about this um, tonight, but I think Ra Ra Thomas announces himself in this football game. I think he has a big, big uh, football game this week because of what, again, their coverage that they're playing. Okay, these back shoulder uh, balls against cover three, these ability to run comebacks against cover three, uh, the ability to design winners uh, in, in, in verticality or vertical situations, I think are something that he will take advantage of or offensive coordinating wise, they will take advantage of. Also, we've told you for years, not years, we've told you for months now on this network that Mike Bobo's specialty is taking his best players and maximizing them. I think there's without a question uh, right now in terms of ball catchers, all right, guys that can win their one-on-ones, Rob Rod Thomas is without a doubt one of your best, if not your best, on the outside. My final bold prediction, Tucky Smith, two sacks in this football game, both on play actions, um, one in the first half, one in the second half. Hey, give them three. What's up next? Who's got it? I got it. I think Ladd McConkie has a reception over 40 yards on Saturday. Uh, I, like you were just talking about, cover three beaters, Mike Bobo being able to scheme up something, especially getting his best players to football. I think that they're eventually in the football game. Bobo's going to catch him sleeping a little bit, and he's going to be able to find Ladd McConkie deep down the field for an explosive like Georgia fans have gotten accustomed to seeing over the years. My next one, I think Georgia forces two interceptions against Graham Mertz. I think they're going to be able to – Those interceptions. Two interceptions, maybe mm. even both by Tyke Smith, but I would say it's two different players. I think they're going to do a good job of, like, they always do disguising their defense, confusing Graham Mertz, especially in an offense that is play-action heavy, people turning the, their back to the football. I like their odds of being able to force some um, chaos into the back end of the field and creating two turnovers. My last one, I think Carson Beck throws for four interceptions on Saturday. Yep. What? Four interceptions on Saturday. You think Carson four was, touchdowns. Oh, my God. Sorry. I don't know I why like, I said bro, interceptions. Yeah, I, like, yeah. I said it twice, too. too That's many, bad. You, 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 said, you said four interceptions, then you said, yeah. I almost yep. doubled down on it. Four touchdowns, everybody. Right, that's, that's a little more believable. Four touchdowns. Four tutties to who? Hmm. I think they're all to different people. Okay. Jordan. Four different receivers for four different touchdowns. Yeah. Me likey the take. Me likey the take. Hey, Jonathan Williams, give him three. All right. I have – I think Georgia has at least two plays over 50 yards in this game. Hot. That's, that's hot, but I think, I think it's capable. The way that, as we've said, Florida plays their defense cover – dude, that's messy. When you're just going to do the show like this <laughs> the rest of the night. So my mic doesn't fall. Go ahead. So, so, no, two plays over 50 yards. I also think that Brock – or not Brock Bowers, but Oscar Delp gets at least five targets in this game. I know that's kind of oh you know Brock's not there they're not gonna they're not gonna use him in the same way but I do think that there are yards to be had from the tight end position and I couldn't come up with a third one so that's, that's that was all I got you couldn't come don't, up with a single third hot take don't give him three no don't give me three for that I, I'm, I'm hey Christian Kirby let's try this give him two boo sorry, sorry guys 
Guy had tw- guy had twenty four hours to give me three. I'm pretty sure it was in the show notes yesterday. Was it, it was. not? It was, but then you took one of them. And I couldn't come up with it on the spot. So, what was what, what was it? It was the uh, the two sacks, Tyke. Oh, okay. I figured, I figured they're going to send Tyke after the quarterback in this. Yeah, I think in those bunch situations, the the nickel defender is the one you got to watch out yeah. for against Georgia in years past, right? Yeah, it's the same blitz that Javon Bullard got Tennessee on every time they went to bunch. Yeah, y'all, um, y'all got to understand the order that we usually go in. There've been six takes given before I go, yeah, so it's like the last guy I'm kind of scrambling yeah. by the time it gets to me. That's you should have been, you should have given this one because you're always good. Or I should say you're always good for this one, but usually come up with this one, this one before any of us. A special teams touchdown from Georgia. This is the perfect week for it to happen. Nah. They're horrible on special teams. Yeah, yeah, it's a good take. It is, but then I mean, not not bold enough for it's you. Not my take. There you go. I do I do think this is a very close game at halftime. Yeah, that's one. Of, I believe that. I like one that. of those like. Discord chat starts panicking games. Discord chat starts panicking <laughs> games. Um, Discord chat has been relatively calm this year, yeah. I think. Um, yeah. And one thing I've noticed about our, our, our fan base here in this network, not Georgia's fan base, but in general, the people who listen to this show, um, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm biased, I am definitely am biased, but I think the listeners of this show, I'm not going to say are smarter fans, but we've worked to make them smarter fans. So when you become a little bit more uh, intellectually gifted at watching a sport, you don't become as so emotionally attached to watching the sport. Um, and that's the comment that I get the most from people who watch our stuff, particularly the film study. They're like, oh, man, I see, I see the A, I see the game totally different now. B, I'm not so irate when I watch the game because I know that it's probably not what I think it is. You know what I mean? I mean it's probably not what I think the issue is when I'm watching it. Um, you know, on TV copies or mm-hmm. even in the stadium, especially in the stadium. Sometimes when I'm in the stadium, I'm like, you know, I'm a football observer, and I'm like, I, I don't know what – I, I got to go back and watch it. Yeah. You know I, mean? I always have to rewatch games after going and watching it in person. I, 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 just, I don't retain as much as the information when I'm there in person for some reason. It's hard. It is. It's hard because you're – and also we're working in those situations, yeah. so we're also trying to, you know, formulate articles and give out opinions, and you're looking down and you're looking up, yeah. you're looking down and you're looking up. I'll never forget the the first. And I told you guys this story. The first uh, Florida Georgia, first Georgia Florida game Ooh, that, that I ever covered. That was close. That was close. First Georgia. I think that's not even close. I think I did it. I think I failed to say that correctly to our fan base. Um, the jo- first Georgia Florida game I ever covered. Um, they mistook me for like a National Sports Illustrated reporter, mm. not a Georgia team site beat reporter um, that worked for Sports Illustrated or under the Sports Illustrated umbrella. So I'm sitting next to uh, Pat Forty, uh, Ross Dellinger, Big Dogs, um, Tony Barnhart, uh, Bruce Feldman, and I'm just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> "What's up, guys? Hi, I'm, I'm Brooks. I'm the guy who covers Georgia. I'm 25 years old. There's no freaking way you know who I am. I am uh, dressed like I'm always dressed." Uh, not like you're dressed, and I'm in there running like a chicken with my head cut off because I got pregame photos, post or during game tweets, during game live updates, during game injury updates, during game watch this. I'm the only employee for our, our website at that time. I have no help, all right? And I'm up there just going the whole time, okay, looking like a meth head in the press box. And you know what Pat Forty's doing? Love him to death. He was great to me that day. All right, and he's been a great colleague during his time working at SI. You know what Pat's doing there the whole time? He's got a, a, a blue pen, and he's got a red pen, and he's got a T-chart going on. And all he's doing is writing down critical plays. And then he sits there with his hands crossed, and he gets to enjoy the football game. I envy 
those individuals. You know who else is one of these individuals? Fellow friend of the show, Josh Pate. Josh Pate gets to go to football games and enjoy them. Enjoy them. He gets to stand on the sideline and enjoy them. Watch them, observe them, take mental notes. Post game, do a little 90-second hit on CBS Sports. Gets to trot off the field. Get to have a great day. Can't wait. Can't, cannot wait. Can't wait for the moment. We've kind, of, that, we've kind of had those this season, though. Not, not as much. From a photography standpoint. Yeah. yeah, from a photography standpoint, being able to go. But, but down there, I'm. Again, same running with the chicken with the head cut off, trying to get ahead of the play the whole time, trying to avoid the sideline the whole time, doing all that stuff. Um, But part of me, and I've told people this in interviews, part of me, I don't think will ever want to stop doing that. You guys have been around me long enough. I kind of need to be doing this. I kind of need to be running around like I've got the craziest state of ADHD you've ever seen in your life. You want to do some pros and cons? Sure. Let's do some pros and cons. Here we go. I love a good pro-con list. You guys love a good pro-con list? I love a good pro-con list. Um, by the way, I broke out the ones. Haven't worn the high top ones in a fat minute. Um, don't know how I feel about ones and the high tops with the, the high long socks, but we'll figure it out. All right, here's what we're pro-conning. For those of you who haven't shoes. been... Huh? I said he's talking about shoes. Yeah. Uh, but for those who haven't been paying attention, Amarius Mims is set to come back at some point. Now, he's going to dress this weekend. I expect him to play at some point this weekend, which means, all right, Xavier Truss at some point is either going to be on the bench or he's going to be reinserted at left guard. Now, we here on this network, or at least in my humble opinion, believe Dylan Fairchild and Micah Morris have been playing so well that we need to now have a discussion of the pros and the cons of playing Xavier Trust back at left guard and going back to the traditional standard starting unit that they started the season with this year or maintaining the rotation that they currently got. So here's how we're doing it. We are proing the young guys, all right? We are proing the young guys playing right here first, all right? So young O-line, this is Dylan Fairchild, okay? And this is Micah Morris. All right, these two guys, 53 and 56. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, first pro number one from my film observations, and it's clear as day, movement at the line of scrimmage in the run game has been way better since the young boys have been in there because of who they are. Dylan Fairchild, uh, a state champion wrestler, undefeated, I believe, his senior year, an uprooter, bearer, an absolute mauler of a run game guy. So I'm going to tell you right now, you are better in the run game at blowing guys off the ball Okay, since the young guys have been in there. Okay, give me a con of the young guys right quick, gentlemen. Um, Having trust at left guard is what SVP is more comfortable with because that's who he's played with more. There you go. So we got continuity between the old guys. All right, we got continuity between the old guys. Now, could I counter that and say that they've played successfully? Okay, had the two best running games all right, the last two weeks since this has been the rotation. Dylan Fairchild, Michael Morris in there against Kentucky. Second half, wow, right? In that same matchup or, or that same rotation against Vandy, granted it's Vandy, you have the season's best rushing attempts against those guys. Um, I'll tell you right now from a pro standpoint, I think you're a little bit more athletic with Xavier Truss in there, so we'll call this a con. I don't think it's necessarily, okay, because – uh, Dylan Fairchild, I think I misspelled athleticism there. Um, anyways, did I spell that correctly? No. No. <laughs> athleticism. 
All right. <laughs> They're way more athletic. Okay. With the Xavier trust play left guard, because Micah Morris gives you some limitations with regards to, Hey, we're probably not going to be a counter team. Any other pros or cons for the young guys? Uh, con, I guess this could be is that, yeah, they've looked better in the running game, but your sample size is so small. Sample size is small. Okay. Is it, is it transferable, right? The sample size is small. We haven't seen it over a, a, a large 15 game sample. Whereas we have technically with Xavier trust. Um, any other pros for the young guys? The, kind of one that you were getting at, but like the sense of it hasn't been broke, so don't go fixing it. Continuity with the current unit, right? So we got we got continuity and safety with the old heads, right here on the cons list. All right, continuity with the old guys, and you got continuity and consistency. Rhythm is what we probably should call that. Rhythm with the young guys going in there right now. Um, I think your ceiling, I think your ceiling is so much higher here with these two young guys than it is with Xavier Trust at left guard. I mean, All right. another con is you kind of, you have to put a, a fourth year starter on the bench for, for really no reason. Culture other, purposes. Yeah. Right. This is a football team that makes the old guy lose, right? This is a football team that makes the old guy lose. I mean, we got a long history of these, right? This is a prime example. Xavier Trust getting the start to start the year. Right? We, we didn't get a chance to see Dylan Fairchild get run early in the year. It was mop-up duty, and then it was good playing time later on uh, early to start the season. But we have a bunch of these. We have Amir Speed over Keely Ringo. We have, uh, who is our man, Julian Rochester over Jalen Carter. That one, that one sticks out like a sore thumb, if you think about that. I mean, that, that blows your mind thinking about it nowadays. Jalen Carter's the best defensive tackle, one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL right now, three years removed from this conversation. Yeah. Four years removed from this conversation we had about Julian Rochester. So he tends to favor the old. Do we have any others? Uh, I mean, statistically, I would say your run game has been the best it's been with this unit you have right now. Yeah, we'll stick with continuity there, but you're, you're 100% right. We'll put an extra – we'll put a little two-tally mark next to continuity. You're getting your younger guys more experience for the incoming years. Right, next year. Next year. How about that, right? The rest of the season, we get to build some continuity and we get to build some confidence with Dylan Fairchild – and, uh, and, and Michael Morris in there at left guard. I like that take as well. Do you have any other ones? I'm good. All right, so that's it on that one. Take a good, quick mental picture. All right, overall, my personal opinion, this is going to sound bad. All right, not bad, but I hate to give this opinion. I, they're better. They, they are better with Dylan Fairchild, Michael Morris at left guard, and Amarius Mims at right tackle. And, by the way, Xavier has played better at tackle than he has at guard. All right? Um, yep. So a pro of playing the young guys is general depth. I think your depth gets better as you play the young guys because we know what Xavier Trust is at this point in his career. So overall, we think play the young guys, right? Play the young guys over the old, and that really, really sucks. But, hey, yeah. you got 37 games of sample size and tape in the SEC. We're not really killing your NFL dreams, right? We kind of know who you are. In fact, we might be saving them because you're putting bad tape on right now, right? Mm -hmm. All right, we got another one here. Let's start a new one. We'll go yellow on blue this time. All right, we got pros and we got cons. Now, this is nice and easy. The con, Brock Bowers is out. All right, that sucks. Okay, Brock out. That is a major con. Now, if we were to play gas or glass half full, gas half full, if we were to play glass half full, all right, and we were to say, guys, what are some of the positives that are going to come out of this really, really unfortunate circumstance for Georgia this year? Okay, they're going to make them a better football team moving forward. We'll start with you, Jay Will. I mean, this is basically what your offense is going to be next year. I mean, Oscar Delvis is starting. Yeah, it's your preview of what 2024 is going to look like. 
I like that. A preview of what 2022 or 2024 is actually, God, we're already there. 2024 yeah. is going to look like. What do you got? It allows you to become even more dynamic for when he does come back later in the season. Ooh, more dynamic for return. How about that? You are 100% correct in that sense. Um, not from a, we're just suddenly going to reinvent the wheel conceptually, but from a confidence standpoint, you are 100% correct. Offensively, passing games, in my opinion, the, the continuity and the, and the rapport between quarterback and receiver, it's very similar to three-point shooting basketball teams. Once they get in that rhythm, man, they start really, really stroking it and ability, you know, having some confidence and having some success. Chill out. Having some confidence and having some success, okay, during this portion of the time will carry over when Brock returns. Do we have any other ones? Yeah, I mean, you get a better look at guys like Rara Thomas and Marcus Rosemi, Jack Saint, and Dominic Lovett. Better look at the weapons. They're going to get more opportunities. Right? Better look at the weapons that may or may not be returning next year. We don't know for a fact Dominic Lovett's going to come back for a second year. We don't know for a fact Rara Thomas is going to come back for a second year. We don't know for a fact Carson Beck's going to come back for a second year as a starter. Yeah, and we also talked about this in previous shows. Like, if you give these guys like Rara and Dominic more touches, they're going to be like, okay, wait a minute. Is this what an offense without Brock Bowers looks like where he's not the primary target? So it's kind of more of an incentive for them to see – Huh, maybe maybe coming back next year is a better business decision. Right, so wide receivers get a look. Wide receivers get a look at what the future might hold. That's 100% a positive right there. You see seven minutes till still left um, on the hour. What else you got? I was going to say, what was I going to say? I was going to say <laughs> right, you Jesus. test your, I was going to say right now you test your OC. Right. Oh, yeah, I was going to say really, we really get to see what Mike Bobo's got in his bag, like how creative you can ultimately be. And, and ultimately, the, the shots that you create, the plays that you design for a guy like Rara Thomas or a guy like Dominic Lovett, we don't suddenly lose those when Brock comes back. In fact, they probably get made a little bit better because now all of a sudden 19's on the field drawing a little bit of eyes. So what we do to stress our OC this week will help us moving forward. I've got, I think, what is probably the best one there is. And this is the only real gift that comes out of losing Brock Bowers. If you win the national championship, you can automatically tell every Ohio State and Alabama fan to shut up. Because the whole argument of, oh, you only won because Jamison Williams or Marvin Harrison got hurt, you can undercut that now and say no. We lost our best player, Brock Bowers, for an entire back half of a season, and we still won it. So, so Bama and OSU, STFU? Exactly. That's what, that's what we got as a, as a final pro for Brock Bowers being out. Uh, yeah. The one I was going to say is you get to find out how this team will handle some adversity in a yeah. big-time moment. Uh, I think they keep talking about one of their core identity traits is resiliency on this football team. How resilient can you be when the storm is coming your way? Hey, I think pros and cons. That was pretty, nice. I like pretty, pretty solid little segment right there. I like, I like that. I like that. Glad you boys like that. Uh, hope the chat liked that. Make sure you're hitting thumbs up. Make sure you're subscribing, rating, reviewing, all that good stuff. Um, the real reason I built the whole studio is so people could finally see my calves. That's, that's what the word on the street is. Calf cave. Mm. But to be honest with you, if you're a fat kid your whole life, uh, having calves are just by nature. They're just by nature. So it's not something to brag about if you got them. Uh, Ryan Rosillo set me off on this. Man, I really, it really hurt my feelings the day he heard it because I was like, God dang, you're right. I just got good calves because I'm fat. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> it's all I got. <laughs> uh, what else do we have? Do we have final uh, score predictions? I know we did them With last that, yes. week. Do we have, the, uh, we have the Austin Barber quote that we want to oh, play. Oh, yeah. Did you play it? Yeah, do I have, you have it. Do I we have a ability to play? This is Austin Barber, an offensive lineman from Florida today. And we talked about it earlier in the, earlier in the show. 
this is something you don't hear from like really, really super disciplined programs. You don't hear them giving bulletin board to the opposition, which is exactly what happened today. Think of 24 in a row. Yeah. When you look at Georgia. You know, they, we played the SEC Bowl like they do. You know what I mean? I think we got some guys that can play. And I think, I mean, you know, 24 and 0 is great, but they have to come play us. So that's what I'm thinking about that. Come play us. He said they have to come play us? That's what he said. I, when I first heard it, I thought, I thought he said they don't have to come play us, meaning like they're only 24-0 because they haven't played in Gainesville, mm. which is a much better quote than this one, um, at least in terms of like less bulletin board. That is real bulletin board material. They have to come play us. Yeah, it's also like you have to understand like if you lose that game, you're going to be clipped for the next five. I mean, you still see the yeah. Chauncey Gardner clip. That, yeah. that game was six years ago. Yeah. So it's like if you're going to talk like that, you got to be able to back it up. So It gives me the same energy that that Vanderbilt offensive lineman yes. gave when they had yeah. Alabama coming up next. Like, oh, Alabama, you got to come here to our field. And it's like, oh, dude, why? Why are when you that, doing this to yourself? When that clip first came out, I thought it was doctored because the man's voice was like, like way high. Yeah. yeah. Way high. Like the um, like the moment in gro- the movie Grown Ups yeah. where the super swole lifeguard comes up. And he's like, hey, what's going on, guys? Florida fans found the chat. UGA fans, please do not get drunk and try to drive home after your loss Saturday. Hey, I'm all I'm all here for uh, not advocating for drinking and driving. Absolutely, I'm all for that. That's some great advice. That's some great advice there from Der Klaverspieler. 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 Der Klaverspieler. Um, was that German? Looks. I think someone said Russian. I think it's trying to sound like something. I think it definitely is, too. I've gotten God on these on live streams before. I am Ron Burgundy every once in a while when it comes to the chat. Um, I am Ron Burgundy? Yeah, yeah. I'm Ron Burgundy? Uh, nah, I'm not going to sit here and drag it out any longer. We've had a great week of content. You guys have been enjoying it with us. We have a loaded show of NBR coming up. It's a great one. We got Richard Johnson coming on the show. We got TJ Pittinger coming on the show. A bunch of great national topics coming up here in just a matter of minutes on NBR. Appreciate you guys for being here. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button on your way out. We'll see you.